This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. So the overarching theme of President Trump's State of the Union address was made explicit in his summation. This is the time to rekindle the bonds of love and loyalty and memory that link us together as citizens, as neighbors, as patriots. This is our future, our fate, and our choice to make. I am asking you to choose greatness. No matter the trials we face, no matter the challenges to come, we must go forward together. We must keep America first in our hearts. We must keep freedom alive in our souls. And we must always keep faith in America's destiny. It was an interesting mix of offerings of bipartisanship, pointing out examples where the parties did come together, like with the first step criminal justice reform legislation. Yep. And, and that they had co- Alice Johnson there. Right. She was crying uncontrollably because, I mean, can you imagine you think you're going to spend the rest of your life in prison and a miracle happens. <laughs> and that criminal justice reform couldn't have come soon enough for the Chicago Democrat City Council. Exactly. So it's good news for us locally there. Um, but also pointed partisan shots, too, on the on the merits, as with calling out Cuomo and Northam and the pro-infanticide Democrat Socialist Party, as with calling out the Maduro caucus that you saw seated in white suits in the Democrat Party. So it was an interesting mix. I think he did a pretty good job of uh, not only touting his accomplishments, but also really marginalizing the Democrats by pointing out just how extreme they are on matters both moral and economic. Uh, I think he did a fairly good job with his central chore, which was to reframe and win the argument on an immigration, a border security deal. Could have been more explicit. Uh, yeah, he could have added, you know, the deal that he made or offered Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats about a pathway to citizenship for dreamers and extending it to three years. Yeah, just so that drill, they don't have to live in fear anymore. Right. Just drill down. I mean, the, it's so simple. Drill down the bullet points that he presented a couple of weeks ago. That would have been that could have been important. So that's what we heard. Now, what the left heard was, uh, I think, best summarized by Van Jones, of all people. And, and you'll understand that um, his um, crazy, his rhetorical uh Brilliance is why he's uh, earned a show on CNN. I saw this as a as a psychotically incoherent speech with cookies and dog poop. He, he tries to put together in the same speech these warm, uh, uh, kind things about hum- humanitarianism and caring about children. At the same time, he is demonizing uh, 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 people who are immigrants. Yeah, uh, cookies. Demonize people that are immigrants. What are you... Cookies and dog poop. Who would ever use that rhetorically in a sentence? I mean, it's just... Well, the left was mad that they didn't talk about climate change, guns, or coal. Calls to mind Gore Vidal. I mean, there's a wonderful rhetorician, Van Jones. Uh, For more reaction, we're pleased to be joined by Jazz Shaw, uh, who is my favorite name in punditry now. Jazz Jazz Shaw. Shaw, Weekend editor at hotair.com. Jazz, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, folks. How you doing? Good. So... uh, 
Where were you between, um, you know, very high marks? And by the way, CBS sort of instant exit polling, three quarters of Americans uh, approved of, liked what Trump had to say generally, as well as specifically on immigration. But where were you between uh, that uh, three quarters of the country and Van Jones's cookies and dog poop? Well, first of all, I'm a little upset with Van Jones for stealing the name of my upcoming autobiography. Cookies sure. And dog poop. <laughs> yes. But uh, <laughs> I f- full disclosure, I did not watch the State of the Union address what? as it happened live. I oh. waited and watched oh. the uh, highlight reel this morning. Um, I've grown disgusted with it for a number of years now. It's basically turned into, you know, political equivalent of the Oscars. We even have a red carpet event. It's it's just not necessary. I wish the presidents would go back to just sending a letter to Congress, you know. <clears throat> but having said that, I, I did watch the highlight, highlight reel and the entire response from the Democrats, which I found far more interesting, um, I, I thought the president did, you know, what he was expected to do. He's got to go out and rah-rah for his agenda, get in a few shots at the opposition. It was nowhere near as heated, let's say, as some of his rally speeches, which I, I think the base likes a lot more when he really gets out there and leads with a punch to the nose kind of thing. But, uh, you know, he, he, he did what he had to do. And, yeah, I would give it high marks. You know, I mean, he's, he, he got the job done, and he was not – backtracking on anything that he said personally he's not ceding any ground but he was drawing a clear distinction between the platforms of the two parties and he pulled it off in a very professional fashion jazz what do you make of you know he talked about north korea because he's meeting with kim jong-un in a few weeks and, and said this as part of a bold new diplomacy we continue our historic push for peace on the korean peninsula Our hostages have come home. Nuclear testing has stopped. And there has not been a missile launch in more than 15 months. If I had not been elected president of the United States, we would right now, in my opinion, be in a major war with North Korea. Do you think there's any truth to that? I don't know that we would be in a major war with North Korea because I do not see any Democrat that uh, is currently out there and certainly not Hillary Clinton launching a first strike. And I still don't believe that Kim is crazy enough to launch one himself against us. He likes to talk and rattle sabers, and he's certainly insane, but I don't know if he's that kind of insane. Um, do I believe what he said? I, if you get away from the we'd be in a war part – it's beyond doubt that the situation with North Korea is considerably better than it was before Donald Trump stepped into the ring. Um, do I have confidence that it's going to go all the way and we're going to see a fully denuclearized North Korea? I, I'm sorry to say, and I, and I don't think the president has blinders on. I'm sure he's aware of this, too. Uh, Kim Jong-un is a liar. He comes from a family of liars. He comes from a family of psychotic liars. They have a demonstrated history of making promises, getting some of what they want, and then turning around and backing down on them. Maybe he'll come through. Maybe he's turned over a new leaf. Uh, I'd be thrilled if that was, you know, what was really going on. But I can't bring myself to trust the guy. Uh, Democrats are uh, howling about President Trump's line that you can't have legislation with, with investigations sort of a Johnny Cochran moment for him there, a nice uh, rhythmic yeah. verse. Uh, but um, 
Uh, but that, that's something that's been done before, frankly, uh, by presidents under uh, significant legal scrutiny, Nixon, Clinton. Uh, what did you make of that sort of the shot across the bow of the Mueller team? It didn't have to be done, but I think the base wanted to hear that. I believe it's going to have absolutely zero impact on Nancy Pelosi and her crew as they have been champing at the bit to start investigating anything they can investigate and make the news cycle about that as much as possible, as opposed to their own failed policies that they're trotting out again in their new socialist lineup. Uh, they would love to have the time between now and the 2020 elections be nothing but investigations of Donald Trump and implying somehow that you know he's a criminal mastermind or a Russian mole or whatever the story is this week. But uh, no, he, it was worthwhile for him to say. He's making his case again, as I said before, but there's a significant section of the audience out there whose ears are closed to that. They've already made up their minds and Nothing anybody says is going to change them. What did you think of uh, the president's choice to call out Cuomo and, uh, frankly, Northam by name, uh, the uh, pro-infanticide legislation signed into law in New York, celebrated in New York, uh, bottled up but proposed and supported by the governor of Virginia to, uh, boy, make Democrats in the chamber really uncomfortable. But uh, it's been a while since uh, a president has spoken so forcefully to the nation uh, on the topic of abortion, and it seemed like a great opportunity for him that he sees to highlight just how extreme the Democrats have become on the issue, you know, far left of where the majority of Americans are. Yeah, that's that's well short of the best way to describe it, I think. It, it's not just far left. Um, I, I was glad he did that. I've written about that myself recently because, uh, as one of my colleagues at Hot Air, Al Pundit, said a while back, um, whether you like to admit this or not, infanticide is no longer a fringe topic in the Democratic Party. It's becoming mainstream in large parts of the party. And let's not make any mistake. The president was right about one thing. We're not talking about abortion. This isn't an abortion debate. When you're talking about what Cuomo and Northam were talking about, where a baby is delivered from the mother, is outside of the womb, is breathing on its own. That's a child that is born. It's not an embryo. And the first three words of the 14th Amendment guaranteeing everyone rights are all persons born. If you turn around and murder that child or even allow the child to die without making any effort, you have committed murder. So, I mean, that, if women in Chicago are... pointed out in that yeah. way. And if women in Chicago are pregnant and are shot and the baby dies, it's not uh, a first degree. It's not one count of murder. It's two counts of first degree murder for the unborn child. Right. And it's not just Chicago. No, fortunately the law in a number of places. So there's been recognition in the legal code that, you know, you're a person before you're born. But after you're born, how, how was that one even up for debate? And yet it's being discussed by prominent Democrats today. That's so barbaric. It's appalling. Uh, And uh, before we let you go, uh, Cory Booker announced for he's running for president this week, adding to the field. He was uh, pulling a Dianne Feinstein. This will be underreported because, of course, the State of the Union is the big story. Pulling a Dianne Feinstein in committee uh, in questioning Naomi Rao, who is a nominee to replace Brett Kavanaugh on the D.C. Court of Appeals, asking her whether or not she thought uh, gay relationships are sinful and so forth, plumbing her religious beliefs. Um, But the real question I want to ask you is, do you believe that 
Cory Booker is actually dating Rosario Dawson. Um, I still prefer to think of him as Spartacus, but, uh, I, did you see how he's polling in Iowa, by the way? No. Did you see the last, uh, the last polling of the, uh, Democratic uh, potential nominees, uh, in, in Iowa had Joe Biden at 29%, just double digits ahead of anybody else. The only ones that came above 10 after that were, I believe, Kamala Harris, uh, Bernie Sanders, and maybe one other. But, no, Cory Booker and the rest of the pack, they're not even above the noise level. They're not getting above 3 or 4%. They're not gaining any traction. And they're losing, that's badly, to an old, straight, Christian, white man, 77 years of age when the election rolls around, who hasn't even announced that he's running. Yeah, but he hasn't rolled out you know? Rosario Dawson yet. That's the only. Uh, that's the only thing I would say. Here's here's my dream. She's my boo. My my dream uh, twenty twenty field uh, post primary. See if you agree. Okay. Uh, you got you, you got President Trump. Yeah. Uh, you got uh, Michael Bloomberg as the Democrat nominee because mm-hmm. Biden doesn't run. Then he steps in and he's like the sane Democrat. And then you got Howard Schultz. So you have three billionaires running, and Alexandria Ocasio Cortez's head explodes. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it that way, but that would be a bonus. Um, I, I'm not convinced that, that Biden's not going to run. Okay. I, I, I think he really – he's been wanting this for so long. And his statement, I'm really the, the most qualified person you know, under consideration. Um, I don't know. If his family gives him the thumbs up, I, I, I don't know if he can resist. I really don't. He is Jazz Shaw, weekend editor, hotair.com. Jazz, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Anytime, my friends. You have a great day out there and try to stay warm. Take care. Yeah, you too. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. Hear about the big stories of the day, then talk about them right here on Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer.